everybody? Welcome to episode three of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, and with me, as always, is Max Roberts. Max, how are you doing? I am well. How are you, Logan? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Getting a little bit tired tonight, but I'm going to go ahead and plow through, and let's get this podcast recorded. I'm excited for tonight's episode. we got a bunch of things to talk about. A bunch of stuff happened this past week. Yes, uh, it. Oh, and there's some really good topics I'm excited to dig into. Yeah, I am too. Uh, GDC was this past week. PAX East was this PAX past weekend. So there's been a mm. lot of things going on in the gaming community, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good show. And uh, I think, I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, we. I mean, the list here is, it's got good stuff. There's nothing bad to talk about this week. There's just yeah. so much news to talk about. Yeah, I know everything on this list. I really, there's some of my favorite games we're talking about this week and kind of kind of jumping in right away let's go ahead and jump into the news uh one of my favorite games and i think one of your favorite games as well or game series i guess would be Mm -hmm. metal gear solid am i correct in saying that's one of your favorites yes if if everyone could see the shelf of metal gear games i have uh it would be very apparent that i am a fan of the franchise yeah i would say metal gear is kind of what got me in a sense, kind of is what got me into games even more than I already was. It was kind of one of the, Metal Gear Solid One was kind of one of those games that was in a transitionary period for me. And mm-hmm. after I played it, I realized, okay, I'm a gamer. I love this, and I played all the other games immediately after it. But jumping back into the news this week, obviously we said Metal Gear was in the news this week, and Metal Gear Solid Five finally got a release date. Long yes, awaited. Yes. Yes. And we are very excited. It's September 1st, 2015. We're going to get our hands on it later this year. And that, what do you think? What do you uh, think? Uh, honestly, I'm surprised the game is coming out this year. I thought they were going to take one more year on it. Um, or at least like an early 2016 game. That's kind of what I saw. But then when you think about it as far as numbers, what Konami needs and stuff, it doesn't surprise me that they, uh, they're they completing the game earlier than i expected um i'm super stoked because i loved ground zeroes i thought i love the con the open world stealth uh the play around with that idea i th- i'm curious to see how that will play into a long-term metal gear game where there's a whole story and there's more missions and if that that sense of freedom will lose sight and focus on what makes the metal gear franchise so good the story um, and just the core of the games. Yeah. Uh, but one, another thing I thought was pretty great about this release date um, was it was supposed to be exclusively revealed by IGN, uh, <laughs> like this past Wednesday or something. Yeah. Um, and an IGN video, uh, you know, they upload these videos, you know, a day days before it's supposed to go live, and they just essentially flip a switch. Well, they flipped the switch a little too early, and some people found the video and. So every news outlet was talking about the Metal Gear Solid release date except them because they were bound by, you know, a non-disclosure and they couldn't talk about it until their conscious. So it was interesting. I thought it was hilarious because the whole day before was Metal Gear Solid has a release date and then the next day, the day it was supposed to be revealed, IGN was like, here's all our Metal Gear content. Please watch it all. Yeah, I remember updating my Twitter feed and seeing that. I think it was, it was either Monday or Tuesday when the release date kind of dropped and all of the news sites were reporting on it. And then the following day, IGN tweets out, no, Gear Solid 5 has a release date. And it's like, well, duh, where have you been? And mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, I thought that was funny. I didn't realize that they had that non-disclosure agreement at first and that they were bound by contract. Uh, well, they were going to be the ones to announce it, but I didn't realize that they couldn't say anything about it after it did leave. Yeah, it so was that so was, that was, it was, that so was funny. kind of funny. So, uh, but what do you what do you think about the release date and that the game is coming out this year and stuff? I'm excited. I'm really, 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 really excited. Metal Gear, <laughs> like I said, is one of my favorite game series, and I still haven't played Ground Zeroes, and so I've got some catching up to do. I, I think you I mean, and me talked not, about this not, last week a little it's bit. It's not super long catch up for you. I mean, Ground Zeroes is not very long at all. Uh, there's a lot of content there if you want to dig in and kind of play with it, and I. I might go back and brush up, especially before the Phantom Pain comes out, just to get used to that open world again. But it's uh, it's not too much catch up that you've got to do. Well, I've got to beat that, and then I think I yeah, I mentioned to you last week how I still want to play Peace Walker because I bought mm. the Metal Gear Solid like Ultimate Collection Edition, whatever. So that was did I. Called. The Legacy so, Collection. Yeah, and so I've got it on my PS3, and I've wanted to play that game so bad because I'm a Metal Gear fan. So obviously, I want to play a Metal Gear game, but people, mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but great things about that game, and that is one of those games that has been in my backlog for literally years, and I need to, I need to get to it, and I almost started playing you, it this past week, and I... You definitely do, because you know what you should do it over spring break, um, because I Ground Zeroes, will. I mean, sorry, uh, Peace Walker is really, it's a very tight-knit, it's essentially the opposite of um, Phantom Pain and the concept that it's very, very tight knit. Um, there's not a lot of room for open exploration. It's kind of just like a a go. Um, and it's very, like I said, tight knit. Um, really controlled. Excellent, excellent story. Um, controls, game mechanics. Um, and what the Phantom Pain and Ground Zeroes does is take that Peace Walker style of gameplay and bump it up into an open world. You know, designed from the ground up. So it's a Peace Walker is essentially the foundation of the Phantom Pain. Yeah, from all the gameplay I've seen on Peace Walker, it really it looks to be kind of that first Metal Gear that it kind of started going towards the open world side. And even Metal Gear is Metal Gear Solid Five like outright open world. Like, is it a giant? Oh yeah, yeah, there... it's a it's a sandbox. It is um, okay. it like I remember watching some twenty minutes of footage or whatever. Like it, it's this big, huge world and it's going to be insane it's utterly absurd yeah like i like i said i so i still haven't played ground zeroes so and i know the map is confined on ground zeroes you can only go to certain areas so i didn't know if it was going to be the same thing in uh middle gear solid 5 the phantom pain if there would be like a bunch of really big areas that you can run around and do whatever you want in but they're all connected and you can kind of travel to each one Uh, i didn't know how it was really set up i've kind of honestly stopped looking at gameplay for Metal Gear Solid 5 because I get really weird. The games that I get the most excited for, I want to see the least amount of. Uh, same with what I mentioned last week with uh, both Uncharted and Arkham Knight. I, I want those games. I'm going to play those games. I'm going to love those games. Oh, so yeah. I don't want to see gameplay of it because I just want to be blown out of the water the second I do play them. So I feel like watching too much gameplay demos or watching too much trailers sometimes spoils things for me, and I just want to be surprised. Yeah, and it, it can happen. Um, I think the reason I'm so I watch so much Phantom Pain stuff is because I'm curious about it because it is it's a new breed of Metal Gear. Not the not the robots, but 
the game. Well, there um, will be a new Metal Gear in the game. Yeah, I think, but, I think Kojima said that. Mm-hmm. He said it in um in a video interview or something. But um, it's I'm curious about it, and it, also that September release date um really fits kind of perfectly in the games I'm anticipating because yeah. Arkham Knight is June. Uh, and Uncharted is supposedly October, November. So right in the middle there is uh, the Phantom Pain. So that's going to give me... Bat- Batman's going to take some time because I want to explore Gotham and do all that stuff. And then the Phantom Pain, and I'm going to want to explore... I believe it's set in Afghanistan and the Middle East. So I'm going to want to explore that world. And then when that's done, Uncharted comes out, and then I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the release is perfect on this. Honestly, kind of like you were saying, because we know that the Call of Duties and Halo Five is coming this year as well. And Halo Five will be, if I had to guess, it'll be late October or November. If I had to take a wild guess, um, Call of Duty's almost always November. Assassin's oh yeah, it Creed, is. It's a- set in stone. Assassin's Creed's always October. Usually, late, it's usually the last week. Yeah, October. one of those last weeks of October is usually when Assassin's Creed is. So we we, we know we've got all those games. And then un, you say Uncharted. I, I'm still not sold that it's coming out this year, but that, that's, that's, that's a whole topic different be- for that's another That's a whole different time. beast. Yeah, so we won't get into that. But we know we have a broad outline of what this, year, this fall's releases are going to be. And mm-hmm. now seeing where Metal Gear kind of fits into all of that, it's, it, it's really, like you said, perfect. Because I remember... Uh, two years ago yeah two years ago when grand theft auto 5 came out that game came out at the start of september and there was literally nothing else the entire month all i did for an entire month was play grand theft auto 5 same same thing as uh as destiny last year Uh, yeah it's these big it's these big third-party games uh that just announced super early that they're coming out in september and then everything backs away yeah and then but then of course we'll get in october You'll have games like Fallout Four and possibly Assassin's Creed and Halo For and sure, all this yeah. stuff that's coming out within a week of each other, and you got to make decisions on what. October's to play. flooded. October. I know. I, I still, I still will always remember the year that I think it was. Yeah, I, yeah, it was these three games. It was Far Cry Two, Fable Two, and Fallout Three came out within a week of each of each other, that's and absurd. I bought all three of them. And I didn't. I think I played Fallout, and that was about it. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! So, so yeah. It. I definitely. I definitely love this release date because, while there might be a couple other games that come out in September, it's never as jam packed as the other months. So I will mm-hmm. get to definitely enjoy my time with this. And didn't Kojima also say something along the lines of? Uh, the Phantom Pain being like a hundred times larger than Ground Zeroes. It's it was something outlandish oh, like it's that. Some, yeah, it's something astronomical. Like Ground Zeroes, um, for the size that it is, it's a very open world in the sense of you can really go, you can approach the mission in any way that you want to in this little military compound. And so just imagine that on let's say a hundred times is right. I don't really remember the the figure but it's the same concept. You're going to approach the story from this open world perspective where you can approach it from any angle or any style. And so that's, it sounds daunting, but it sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. It's been a long time since a Metal Gear, well, what was the last Metal Gear game? Was it Peace Walker or was it 
four. Well, besides Ground Zeroes, I guess. Uh, was it Peace Walker? Peace Walker. Peace Walker was the last one. Yeah. Came... So it's been it's been a while since we've had a main entry into the series. So I'm getting excited. I really am. And but kind of to go along with, well, we've got a big Metal Gear segment here. But Kojima has come out this past week as well, um, saying that this will be the final Metal Gear game. At, and, at least his final Metal Gear game. Yeah, he said, I, I've got a quote here by him. It says, uh, even if Metal Gear continues as a franchise, this is the last Metal Gear. So take that it's, whatever it's, way you want to. It's, it reminds me of uh, the way the Kingdom Hearts franchise is uh, is wrapping itself up here. This Kingdom Hearts 3, after after I'd say about five, six spinoffs, Kingdom Hearts 3 is finally coming out, and it's the final Kingdom Hearts game in the Xehanort saga. Um, so the brand of Kingdom Hearts can continue, but the saga of it uh, is wrapping up with the Xehanort thing. So it's the same. I I feel like it's the same thing. Like this will not be. This will not be the final Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid game ever. Um, could it be the final Hiro Kojima produced, directed, created Metal Gear Solid game? Possibly, if he ever does move on to something else. Um, but it will not be the final Metal Gear game where you have a game with the word Metal Gear slapped across the box art. Yeah, I mean, you've already got a game like Metal Gear Rising, which in the past month or two has already been teased for a sequel. So Metal mm-hmm. Gear is definitely going to continue, but I am curious to see if this will be the last because Kojima said this in the past. And Oh, he's been known to say this. My boy Jason Schreier over at Kotaku actually made a pretty good article this past week called A List of Times Hideo Kojima Has Said He's Done Making Metal Gear. And mm-hmm. this goes back a good 15 years. It's, uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, Kojima's been saying that he's going to be done with Metal Gear for a while now. Um, we've got... I won't go through all of these because you can go look the article up yourself if you're listening. But it's a very long list. It stretches all the way back to December 12th, 2000. 2000. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, in an interview with IGN... He said, I want to do something totally different, but I've been saying this forever. I said that right after Metal Gear Solid 1, too. And then that jumps to 2001, uh, where he says, I really think it is time for me to hand the director role over to somebody else in regards to the Metal Gear Solid series. Jumping all the way to 2005, when Metal Gear Solid 3 is coming out. He's quoted as saying, Metal Gear Solid 3 is the final chapter in the Metal Gear Solid series. Oh, no, 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 because we still needed four Peace Walker yeah. Um I mean those were the core ones he did. Um third uh, yeah. I could see funny. him be, I could see him wrapping up because there are I thought four I thought four wrapped up that's the the first three games very nicely. I did three too. Is, I did too. Three, I three it... is my favorite because it, it goes back and it balances out um, yes! one and two, but then, yes, Max, good job. I have never met anybody else who agrees with me. Metal Gear Solid 3 is the best Metal Gear game. Uh, good job. Yes. You just, got, I, you just got 10 points on that. 10 points. Uh, what, ten, are they ten, like tickets ten, at Chuck E. Cheese or something? Can I redeem them yeah, for something? Yeah, yeah. if you get if you get 1,000, I'll give you a stuffed teddy bear or something like okay. that. Okay, all right, sweet. Ten, um, ten, 10 free Logan points. There you go. I'm going to cash on that one day. Okay. So, so yeah, I thought 4 wrapped everything up pretty nicely but there were some unended questions and then peace walker came out and 
Peace Walker brought up a, a whole new slew of questions. So, like, I see five, and really I think five is more a vision of an open-world stealth tactical espionage game for him. And, uh, you know, putting... I also think uh, it's more for his... Uh, it's more practice for his cinematography because he loves film and cinematography and stories oh, yeah. and follow him people. on twitter and you'll see all the movies and tv shows that he's watching constantly oh yeah he and, is his, a, he and is his breakfast a movie junkie and in his breakfast yeah mm, sometimes yeah, his, go follow sometimes, kojima on twitter he's sometimes it, he he's actually a great follow because he'll just go into rants about random stuff out of nowhere it'll be four in the morning which i guess is probably normal noon, time over there for him over in you japan know. yeah and four in the morning over here you'll just all of a sudden get a bunch of tweets on your feet about Something really important having to do with Metal Gear Solid Five, and mm-hmm. just he, whoa! Yeah, he's he fun. He's about? a fun, fun person to follow. Where? Yeah, if where, you can, if you can stay on your toes. That? What uh, were we saying before that? Yeah, just about. Just oh, about the games the are good. And stuff like that. Yeah, I like think, Peace Walker and stuff. Yeah, I think back to the whole. This is my last Metal Gear Solid thing. I think it could be. Um, I don't want it to be, but really? I really don't know where they're. G- I, I don't know. It just depends. I, I think it could be the last Metal Gear Solid game made by him. But then again, he said it a thousand times. But I'm interested to see where the story goes from this point. Because, spoiler alert for the entire Metal Gear Solid series, I don't know where the heck he's taking it. Obviously, Solid Snake's done. Unless they, like, clone oh, well, the old man version of him in 4. and Solid Solid Snake's done. He's four, old. Like, timeline-wise... Timeline wise, four is the most recent in correspondence yeah. with us. Um, the oldest would be three. Um, if we're talking Metal Gear Solid specifically, not Metal Gear one and two, just Solid. Um, yeah, yeah. Three is the oldest, quickly followed by Peace Walker. This one follows is, it, is Peace after Walker. Peace Walker and mm-hmm. before Metal Gear, but we're getting close to that point in the of timeline of where Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear takes place takes place yeah mm-hmm. so so how many has, more games can fit between the phantom pain and the original metal gear because we're running out of this it can't stuff. be anymore yeah it can't be anymore so we'll see how it balances um the real question is is if if it will be better than three which i doubt because three was fantastic three was i still phenomenal mm-hmm. it was so good i, and I, I have played it i, have I played three them copies. all back to back you I have, have three, three copies co- of it yeah, I have I have the original, I have uh, Substance, and I have um, the Legacy Collection, the HD version of it. Hmm. And yeah, I played, if I, I fell down a really big sinkhole, I'd get it on Vita, my 3DS. <laughs> Those are the only two versions of 3 that I'm missing. 3 is just, 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. And it's I, I couldn't believe that it stuck out to me as much as it did because... Honestly, the only reason I played this series was because one, I heard it was good. Two, I brought I bought Smash Bros. Brawl, and mm-hmm. hey, Snake's a cool character. I should go buy these games. And back when I still had a PS2 and PS2s were a thing, they had a collection that I saw at Walmart one time, and it was Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three all together. For I like do remember that collection. I twenty almost... or it was like it was like twenty or thirty bucks or something like that. I, I almost was like, bought eh, it. What the heck? One time. Yeah. So I bought it and I forced myself to play through Metal Gear Solid One and I was like, Oh, these graphics are so bad and that's how I felt for about the first hour and then the rest of the game I was like, But this game is the best game I've ever played and I played them all within the span of about a month. Well, at least the first three. And then mm-hmm. 
I think after I beat them, Metal Gear Solid 4 had just come out, and I went out about two weeks later and bought a place that I bought the Metal Gear Solid 4 PlayStation 3. Really? You have that? uh, Yeah. It's not anything special at all. It was, I think it was the first 80 gigabyte model though. So there you go. You have a little piece of history. I know. It makes me feel special. You are special. Metal Gear is what pushed me to get my PS3. This is, I don't know. This is easily my favorite game series of all time. And I need to get, I need to get to playing Peace Walker, and I need need to get to playing Ground Zeroes. Do it, do it over spring break. Out. You'll, I probably you, will. I'll probably, you won't I'll probably regret just, it. I'll probably just go hard on it here within the next week or month or something like that. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, you'll but, you'll you'll do good. Yeah. So I think we've dwelled on Metal Gear Solid enough for this week. Um, yes, just just like the franchise. Uh, yeah. It's, of course, of course, we were going to have a lengthy talk about. A you can't, series. you can't talk, you can't talk about Metal Gear without dragging it out. Yeah, but again, I'm really glad that you think three is the best. Really, really. really oh yeah, really you and I, we're on, we're on target together. And I think that's kind of maybe attributed to the whole millennial thing, because the original people who played it on PS1 say the first one's the best. The hipster crowd like to say that two is the best, where you're right in, and it's not the best. Even though I do love two, and then I two, think two was the first Metal Gear game I played. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I played. I, I played it. I played two, three, one, four. Did you? Dang it! <laughs> I have sounds one more so co- backwards. I know we were just about to move on, but I have one more thing to say about this before. We okay, move. go for it. Yeah. Did you know that um, when you played through Metal Gear Solid Three, did you know that you were Big Boss? And I don't know why this never clicked in my head, but I played that entire game and thought I was Solid Snake. And then at the end, they're like, you are now Big Boss. And it blew my mind. I was like, what? Um, no, yeah, when I was playing it, because I had only played two before that. So I really didn't know so much about the lore. So at the end there, you know, when you kill boss and you become Big Boss, all that stuff, um, mm-hmm. that it was impactful for me, yeah. I dug it. Um, I remember the cliffhanger at the end of two, where it's a they were talking about the pa- like the sons of patriots and stuff, and I was like, I have to go. I have to get three. I have to play three. I I have to. Um, so I remember that. But yeah, I didn't know I was playing three that I was big boss. Okay, because I was wondering if I was the only person who thought that. I don't know because I don't. I never followed three when it was being shown off and was leading up mm-hmm. to release. So I didn't know if. That was something that Kojima had announced before the game was released. That, oh, you're not Solid Snake in this game. You're Big Boss. And so at the end of that game, it just completely coughed me off guard. And I was like, what the heck? So, story. Story moment. Good story. Plot twist. <laughs> All right. So, so yes. Yeah. Moving on now for real. Um, more news coming out of GDC. Um, Sony showed off this past week. Project Morpheus, which we've all known about, and we know it's coming, and we touched on VR last week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we did. We talked about how we felt about VR and things like that. Yeah, so Morpheus, which is Sony's VR, mm-hmm. uh, they showed they showed it off this past week uh, to the press. It's kind of got a new bit it's of been, a new model to it. It's yeah, been tweaked it's been a upgraded. little bit. And this is like this is like Morpheus prototype 2.0. Yeah, that essentially. And it's now got a two, 120 hertz refresh rate, and it contains in now contains an OLED display, 
at nine nine one thousand nine twenty by ten eighty. Nineteen twenty by ten eighty. I honestly I'm not a tech guy, so I don't es- know what all of this stuff means. I don't know if you do. Essentially it's kinda like um if you plug it, it's you it's your PS4 yes. with a high speed HDMI cable on your nice big fancy uh H D T V super fancy monitor, whatever you play with. Um so it's that. That's the the nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Oh that's uh, the nineteen twenty? The refresh the, rate is how quick the monitor, that's yeah. the screen, and then uh, the OLED is essentially the Vita. So basically, it's kind of like duct taping a Vita to your face, just instead <laughs> of, but it has a better resolution and refresh rate. It still has the OLED, but it has a better resolution and refresh rate. So just picture duct taping a Vita to your face, essentially. Oh, that's really, really, really easy for me to picture because I do that all the time, mm. but. But okay, so we've got the new upgrades now on Morpheus, and we've also got a release window. Release. Yes. It's supposed to release in the first half of 2016. So it's going to get pushed to next year. But I don't know. What What do I, you think about it? If I, I I believe I said this last week. If I was to get a VR headset, and I do want one, uh, it would be the Morpheus because it. It, it's going to work on my PS4, and my PS4 is my my main console currently at the moment. Um, Same here. I like the sound of the OLED. I love the OLED screen on my Vita. Uh, I I was fortunate enough to be able to buy uh, the original model of the Vita off a coworker, so that's why I have the OLED instead of the LCD. Hey, same here. I bought the original off of some kid on Craigslist, so there, I'm glad to see go. that we both bought them. Mm-hmm. So, I think. I think the refresh rate is answering the question because latency um, and lag and motion sickness are the biggest concerns when you're looking at a VR headset for a a game experience. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely addressing it. And this thing, they're really pushing it, and it sounds like it works um, really well. A lot of the experiences are um, are really good. A lot of reporters are really digging the Morpheus. My biggest concern is producing these things for the for mass market and how much this is going to cost oled is not cheap the vita is a pretty expensive handheld Uh, and you know you've got some insane technology going to this thing that you're going to put on your face and And it's got bright blue light bright blue lights all over it i mean those are for your camera yeah it's for your camera to track but i think VR will be like the the HDTV of its time when HDTVs first came out. They were super expensive. Now you can get an HDTV for under hundred dollars. You know, a small one or big ones. You know, it's kind of what's happening TVs with the 4K are 500 TVs. Bucks. It's kind of what's happening with the 4K TVs. If you mm-hmm. look into just, those at all, we've right got to bring this technology into the um, common. It's just it, it's. You're regular for everyone to see. You know, kind of like iPhones. When iPhones first came out, or whenever the new model comes out, it's super crazy and rare to see someone have it, and they're expensive. Uh, but once production catches up and they become a mainstream product, then the prices go down, production's easier, parts cost less, so on and so forth. So Economy. Basically. Uh, 2016, I think, is the right time. It's going to give them a lot of time to uh, hone in and refine the OLED and make sure it works. Everything just works with the PS4. And it gives yeah. developers time to build a ground-up experience uh, for the PS4 and for the Morpheus. 
So Yeah, I was afraid they were going to try to rush it out at the end of this year, which, I mean, would have been cool, but, I mean, I just want it if it's ready. If it's not ready, then just keep pushing it. Uh, even though I really do want to play with the thing, just mm-hmm. if, if it's not ready, just keep pushing it back. Yeah, and so I think I'm all the announcements they made. This was at GDC, correct? When they announced all these things. Um. Yeah. Was, it was. A, yeah. It was, it was GDC. It, it, was, it was a press event at GDC. GDC. Shuhei Yoshida came out and shut it off. Sorry, I yawned. Um. You're the, um, and I just I drank a Red Bull before this, so I don't really know why. I'm yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't even know how that happens, but um, yes, I, I think I think they're saying all the right things. It's kind of like when the PS4 before the PS4 launched, they just kept saying the right thing over and over and over. Uh, the yeah. difference is the PlayStation is an established brand on its fourth iteration, and uh, clearly it's the fastest selling console of all time with 22 million units or something sold. 20 or 20. Yeah, it, it's, it's it, they've. I think it's 22. I think you're right. Um, so I mean, clearly PlayStation works. VR is a new beast for everyone to tackle. So it's interesting to see how they're going to market this, because, I mean, I'm sure we'll see more of Morpheus at E3. Uh, GDC is more where they show off technology for things, but I'm sure it will be mentioned in some capacity. You know, there will be more trade shows throughout the year, but really toward the end of 2015 you should see advertisements and them talking about it and ramping it up. I mean, we'll have a, an official product name instead of Morpheus. Um, all these things. So it's just, it's really exciting to see, but I'm also very curious as to how Sony is going to handle this from a, uh, a PR and a marketing perspective. Yeah. Because they don't have to convince me because I'm invested in this industry and I'm, I'm plugged in, but you've got to convince mom and dad and the kid down the street and, all these people you have to convince them that this is the future this could be the future of gaming this could be the 3d moment like we said uh last week so it's going to be interesting to see how sony tackles this and everyone else tackles it too yeah i completely agree with you i think it's i think it's just really really important that sony does what it's done so well these past about two years now and that's to just remember their audience and that is gamers i don't think they should, for lack of a better term, pull a Microsoft and try to shove this towards, hey, now you can watch football in, football in VR. I mean, I don't even know if you'll be able to watch movies or anything like that in the there, VR. But There but, have been talks about like a, a movie theater-like experience in VR, but yeah, continue. Yeah, I, I just they need to push this as an add-on for video games. And if it doesn't click with all the grandmas and grandpas out there who are looking to get their hands on virtual reality headsets, then, I mean, they'll just have to accept that. But I think if they really market this towards the gamer and say, hey, this is, this is going to be a big, a big cha- thing that changes the gaming industry, you're going to want to be all on board, and our VR headset is the one you're going to want to use. That's and the key, and to, to sell that, there has to be an experience. There has to be a game. There has to be a developer making a game, an experience that you can't get anywhere except through VR. It has to be the Super Mario 64 of VR. And it can't be any of that junk that they tried to sell when they came out with the, what was it, the PlayStation Move, like the wizarding mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. or the sports game. It can't be any junk like that. The stuff that I completely agree with you. They need to come out with an experience that is 
built for the VR ground up and it can't just be like a tech demo or anything like that. It has to be it has to be on It has Wii to be Sports an experience. Level. It has it does. It needs to be the Wii Sports of VR. It needs to be something that uh you have to play. You have to try it out. You have to buy one to experience this on a very regular basis. And yes. Sony... Something that you don't understand until Oops. you use it, and then as soon as you use it, it just clicks in your brain. Yep. It needs that... to be. It needs to be that exactly. And I want to say that it needs to be affordable, but I mean that's. We'll Sony's see how a it's business, price. and they have to make money on this. So yeah, well, they might even have to sell it at a loss in the beginning, and just. I... We'll see. The price is the price is the biggest. It's the storm cloud that kind of looms over it. Um, but we'll see how it goes. A lot of people thought PS4 was going to be five hundred dollars, and they came out and said nope, four hundred. So, I mean, we, yeah, we'll see. But um, I think I'm it's very, smart very for them excited to, for Morpheus. I am too, and I think it's smart for them to push it out in the first half of 2016. That way, you can get a little bit of buzz and a little bit of word of mouth going, and then maybe by the time Christmas rolls around, you can do a price drop, and you'll have the market there of maybe a little bit more casual people who are on the fence, and then that's when you strike, and then that's when you get it into more homes. So Mm -hmm. I think they're doing well with it so far. It's just going to be interesting to see what that price point is. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So I think... I think we're done beating VR speaking, to death for hopefully the speaking next. Speaking of price points. Week or so. Speaking of price points. <laughs> speaking uh, of price there points. There you go. Um, Bethesda has, Bethesda, correct? Is the publisher of this game? Um, yeah, that's but correct. To talk. Bethesda's figured out the the right price point for some standalone DLC. Logan, what am I talking about? You are talking about the new DLC, well, I want to say add-on, but it's really not even an add-on. It's Wolfenstein the Old Blood. It's a new downloadable, I guess it's a standalone game that's coming um, from Bethesda in the vein of uh, last year's, I think it was Wolfenstein the New Order game. Uh, it's I believe basically, so. It's basically a prequel to last year's game. It will be $20. And I'm not sure when it comes out. That was one thing that I didn't see. I want to. It's. I think it's I'm, later this year. I'm, it's a. Maybe even I this summer. Wanted, I I think it is a summer game. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up real yeah, quick. Yeah, you can look While that up you, real quick if you want. You played the order, right? Yeah, uh, the I played, one last year. Yeah, I played last year's. Okay, so sell me on it because I haven't played it. Um, I really don't know much about it except it's a first-person shooter. Um, yeah, that was basically all I went into it with too. Is that um, as a first-person shooter, Wolfenstein's got good na- name recognition among the first-person shooter, I guess, genre. And I didn't know anything about it. All I had heard was that this game is way better than we thought it was. So a buddy mm-hmm. of mine had it, and I borrowed it from him, and he let me play it. And it was it was a lot of fun. Um, tight shooting, tight mechanics. Uh, the story was actually even pretty good. There was a one thing I did like about it was that there was a sort of home base type element where after every mission you would kind of come back and recline at your home base for a second before going out and shooting more Nazis in the head. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was it was it was fun. I mean, it was a it was a good tight shooter. I didn't have any complaints with it. Uh, none that were like too apparent at least after i was finished playing with it i mean it was just a good good i mean if you just want to sit down and play a good fun game and kind of 
tune out a little bit and kill some Nazi robot dogs, then <sighs> who doesn't, this is the who game doesn't for love you. shooting a good robot Nazi dog? Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, depending on what people say about this, what, the Old Blood uh, add-on, I will yep. probably look into getting it. And one of the great things about it, though, is that you do not need the new order to download this prequel. It is completely standalone. So, yeah, you can just, if, you, if you're interested, Max, you can just, hey, I'll spend 20 bucks and get it. So, Yep, it's, uh, it's like uh, that first light DLC for Infamous. Ex- yeah, it it yeah. does, I just looked it up, it comes out May 5th. So it's, 5th. it's right there in the beginning of summer. Yeah, so that'll be a great game to play. Which actually it comes out right before Batman, so yeah. So I think it, I think that'll because there's really not a lot of big things coming out up until Batman. So I think you got Witcher. The, that Wolfenstein. Month. Wolfenstein's got, you got Witcher three. When's that no. come out? May. I think like May. No, I think really? Like May. I I can't remember the date. May seventh or something like that. Oh, so. that's interesting. Um. I was going to say, because the order got such positivity last year, you've got that that momentum kind of still going when people bring up the order. They talk about how good it was last year, and then, you know, it's right here, right before summer. It's 20 bucks. You don't need the old game. I think it's all they're doing very, very smart here uh, by making this. It's um, Instead of making a whole new game, this is um, a simpler approach. It's a simpler thing to develop in a shorter period of time. And so they kind of just... Uh, I think it's all very smart. I'm I'm interested in it. Um, a lot of people said like we've talked about the order is good. Um, my friend Kevin he platinumed the game. He loved it very very much. So I'm mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued with it. I just never have found the time to go back and play it. You know, desire to go pick it up and actually sit down and shoot some robot Nazi dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily it's not one of those big time sinks. If you did ever want to go back and play it, but I mean, yeah, I'm just I. I think this is cool that Bethesda is putting this out. It definitely shows that they're supporting... I can't remember the developer of this game's name. Um, it just shows that they're supporting the developer and that they're all on board to push Wolfenstein and kind of make it a relevant franchise game because this franchise was dead for the most part. They had a Wolfenstein game that came out on uh, last-gen consoles a couple years ago, and it faltered. It wasn't It wasn't as good as people hoped, but... Um, with their first shot last year kind of trying to relaunch this franchise, it really hit home with a lot of people. And like I said, it really it wasn't a fantastic game, but it didn't do anything wrong at the same time. It didn't do anything that warranted you to dislike the game, in my opinion. Um, it, was just, it was just fun, and that's what get it, more video games should be, is just fun. And... I enjoyed sitting down with the new order, and I'm really, honestly, just surprised that uh, this prequel is coming out, and I'm excited to get my hands on it. Sweet. So, the, hopefully, yeah, I, think, I mean, if you, if it comes out and it's good, I mean, that'll that'll carry you to Batman. Just getting it, yeah, that'll carry you to Batman. Maybe, maybe, depending on how long it is. But that's a whole mm. other thing. But all right. So, Max. Our last piece of news. It's mm-hmm. it's a big one, and it's one that I was excited. I was very excited. I got nostalgic as soon as I as soon as I heard about it. Oh but yeah, Rock Band Four is coming Woo-hoo! later this year. So time to dig out your plastic drums and your plastic guitars and that 
microphone and go find some friends too. Dig up, dig up all your friends and yeah, pull them out of my closet and just yeah, here you go. Time to rock out again, guys. Thing is, I don't own all those instruments, so I have to go back and uh, actually buy them for the first time. I think I still have my drum set downstairs. I've been trying to unload it for like the past two years, but maybe I don't have to no. anymore. Yeah, you would think you would have to unload it just so you can buy new instruments, but it turns out uh, that Harmonix, the creators of Rock Band, are trying to work with Microsoft and Sony to figure out some way for the old controllers, aka your PS3 and Xbox 360 controllers of uh, the guitars and drums, to communicate with the new PS4s and Xbox Ones, which would save buttloads of money for people uh it would be it really be extended out of the olive branch sign of good faith uh that the company really does have you as the player as the rocker in mind um (laughs) it also they all the dlc any dlc that you have purchased as far as music goes it's gonna work and that's awesome which is mind-boggling that's just uh, that's fantastic i can't believe they're doing that yeah again my friend kevin he he looked up the the track list for rock band three uh, every song you could buy and he just set his computer to scroll and it just just it just was going and going and going and wasn't stopping and that's Jeez. what i love to see i have uh the past i'd say i'd say the past year i've had this itch to play rock band and it's funny because uh when the music games were really really big i never played uh i played guitar hero i was a guitar hero guy all the way i was just like i don't need drums i don't need sing. i just i just want to rock um but i'm vi- very much now, I'm more and more enticed by the idea of rock band, and I've been having this itch to go out and buy used drums and guitars and stuff and uh, really just get rock band 2 and 3 and play. Um, the last time I played was the Destiny Midnight launch here in my town. Uh, they set up a big TV, <laughs> rock band, and uh, we actually at one point got about the 100 people there for Destiny. Uh, everyone in the store wow. was singing Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> that was pretty fantastic. Um, but really, really excited for Rock Band to come back because it's that rock and roll experience of just everyone getting together and just having fun singing karaoke and playing these drums and guitars and really feeling like a rock star because, you know, you can sing these songs in your car and you'll feel good, but there's nothing like, you know, banging out a drum solo to a Rush song or something, you know? Oh, so heck yeah. I, yeah, so I'm, and I think, it's been five years since the last one. I think this gap is really... Has it really been five years? Mm-hmm. It has been five wow. years since uh, Rock Band 3. Wow. And, mm-hmm. And so the, I think it's just the right time for it to come back, these new-gen systems. A lot of people, like uh, Harmonix said in their their little like insider video mockumentary, uh, they're like, people are putting away their old systems, and there's no Rock Band for people to play. And uh, how do we fix that? make a new rock band so it's interesting i'm super 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 stoked i'm sure we'll see the first gameplay around e3 time yeah probably and then um possibly even a release date but i can see this coming out before holiday they're yeah they're well gonna... we've already mm-hmm. got a release window they said late 2015 so mm-hmm. that's so definitely something. a holiday yeah so window. i mean well you 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 want everybody rushing out on black friday to buy those new bundles of totally. the drums and all that crap so so yeah um I'm excited too. I, I mean, like I said, this series makes me so nostalgic. I have such. Were, were you a rock band guy or were you a, a um, guitar hero? I was both 
for a while. I bought. I actually bought the first Rock Band. Uh, not Rock Band. Well, I bought the first Rock Band. But I bought the first Guitar Hero about right when it came out. So I've mm-hmm. been with the series since it launched. So and it beat itself the, to death? Yeah, a little bit. By the time I got to whatever it was, I think it was like Guitar Hero 3, I was getting a little bit burnt. And then Rock Band came out, and that just completely changed everything. And I immediately mm-hmm. became a Rock Band guy. And so... Rock Band 1 and Rock Band 2 were the best in the series, in my opinion. And I continued to buy the Guitar Hero games that came out. Like, as soon as Guitar Hero went to the drums and stuff like that, I bought those. And then that's what burnt me. I, I bought the fourth and fifth Guitar Hero, and then I bought a couple... And then Guitar Hero just oversaturated the market, and I think they killed it for everybody. And I think Harmonix has always well, been planning on bringing I mean, Rock Band Rock back, Band. but... Rock Band kind of did the same thing. They did Beatles, Green Day. They did um, have Green Day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, they did have a couple of spinoffs, but Guitar Hero... The Beatles one was awesome, though. That, I, I, mean, I did not play that one. I mean, how can you not... You can't go wrong with the Beatles anytime, anywhere, whatever you're doing. So that makes sense, but you had you had Guitar Hero with, what? The Aeros, 80s, Aeros, Metallica, yeah, 80s, Aerosmith. Van Halen. Oh my gosh, Van Halen was a was one. Um, there, Guitar Hero went number wise all the way up to five, and then they had. I think that's yeah, it. They, I think I think they had one. There was more like after there five. was like it was like Warriors of Rock or something like that. They had like eight eight or nine Guitar Hero games. My favorite music game is the only one I own, which is Guitar Hero Three. I think the set list is perfect. I think the gameplay is, as far as a music game go, perfect. Guitar Hero 3 is just also very good. I I will always love Through the Fire and the Flames more than Freebird as oh far as a final gosh. rock song. I just <laughs> tweeted about how much I hate Dragon Force the other day. That's oh, funny. no. How could you hate Through the Fire and the Flames? Because that song became so popular because of that game, and everybody acted like it was the greatest song on Earth. In reality, Dragon Force is a horrible band, and no one has heard of them in six or seven years. Uh, no, 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 no. In you're my probably, opinion. Oh, you know, you're probably right, but Through the Fire and the Flames is a fantastic song. Because how good how good did you get on it on the guitar? Um I could play um I could play expert songs. I could I could as well. But Through the Fire and the Flames, it was uh if you wanted me to pass through the Fire and the Flames with a really good percent rate, uh it was hyperspeed five medium uh, i could pass on hard but not with a very good percentage like not mm-hmm. it wasn't a very good performance and then expert was so no expert no, you no, can't no. make it past the first six seconds yeah i i i got good on expert but i don't think i could ever beat like the top tier songs on the game like the elite about four or five six songs on those games i could never beat but yeah, I got good at the guitar on that, and I'm look for I'm looking forward to. I, honestly, I've still got some of my stuff stashed away, but I'll probably buy it all again just because I'm weird and I'm stupid like that. And I think my drum set is really crappy and it doesn't have any sort of response to it. Oh, so that's the worst. Oh yeah, I uh, my guitar your guitar the um the orange and yellow button don't work anymore, so it's it's useless to me. It's dead. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into this though. It's kind of like you said it's kind of scratching a certain itch for me because i didn't mm-hmm. realize it's been five years since rock band 3 i mean wow that's just nuts to me 
I would have been I was 16 when Rock Band 3 came out. Yeah, that's weird. I knew it was I knew it was when I was in high school, but dang. 16 I was 10th grade. 10th? Yeah. yeah, 10th grade. Holy cow, that wow. was forever ago. That seems like forever ago. Yeah, that was But yeah, I'm I'm stoked for Rock Band to come back and I... uh can't wait to see actual gameplay of it either. I can't either. I hope the set list is good, even though there's already like ten thousand songs I could download. But yeah, I mean, I'm just it's it's a great great party game. That and Smash Bros. and Mario Kart are like the party games that almost anybody can play when they come over to your house. I still have memories of going to Florida on spring break with one of my best friends, and we packed all our stuff up into our car. And then the last thing we packed was the rock band drum set and oh guitars. Oh, my goodness. And we took it down there to, for the week with us, and we just – we get to Florida, and we're on the beach, and we're inside playing rock band the entire week. So, so that, That's how you do spring break. That's that, how one spring breaks. That's how you party like a real rock star on spring break is you just play lots of guitar hero – or rock band. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. excited. I'll it's probably buy, I'll probably I'll probably probably buy the big bundle and get back into my old rocking ways. I'm excited. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. So, so, yeah, I mean, um So, so but m- moving on yeah. from the news. Yeah, scrap the our, news. It's over. What What are we calling this section again? It's play and report, right? Play and report is mm. I think what we've been calling it. Yep. Uh, so, let's what uh, tell tell the people what Play and Report is. Catch them up if they're not too familiar so, with it. So, if you're not familiar, Play and Report. Um, since me and Max are millennials, obviously, as this podcast title probably gives gives away, um, mm-hmm. we didn't play a lot of older games growing up. Me and Max grew up with Playstations and Nintendo sixty fours and GameCubes and. Uh, things like things of that sort. So we missed out on a bunch of really good, fun games from the NES, Super NES generation, and things things like that. So what we're doing in this segment is going back and playing old, critically acclaimed games, and then talking about how we feel about them. Yep. And this so what, past week, we yeah, played, what game do we play? We played Mega Man Two, the 1989. NES classic. Ooh, ooh! It's, it was. Uh, I don't know about you. It was my first time playing a real Mega Man game. Yeah, same, same here. I hadn't ever, I had never played Mega Man before until this game. Hmm. So tell me, um, did you beat it? I mean, it's much shorter than what we chose a couple weeks ago, Link to the Past, but and you beat that. So I'm assuming you beat Mega Man too. I beat it, and I kind of cheated to beat it. Um, we'll get we'll. <gasps> We'll get into that in a second, but did okay. you beat it? I I tried so hard. I really did. I got to the... Um, you tried so hard pen- and got so far. Mm, so close yet so far away. I, I got to the penultimate level. Um, what was, It was the room with the, uh, the like five orbs that like shoot lasers at you after a certain amount of time, and you've got to shoot... Oh. And you've yeah, got to use gotta the sh- crash bombs. Yeah, you got to use the crash bombs. I couldn't, like, I could get there and I could start killing them, but by the time I'd get there, I either had so few lives or so little energy for my weapons. Like, I just kept getting game overs, and then you have to do a whole level again. And um, 
the that's the level where you have to wait for the platform to rotate around the rooms and certain rooms and like solve jumping oh, puzzles I hated and stuff. That. Yeah. And I just kept I kept dying in that room and I just I couldn't get past it. And um so that's where I left off with the game. I have uh I have seen someone finish the game though. So like I know how it ends. Like you fight the robot masters again, you fight Wily, Wily runs away, Alien shows up, Alien is really just a hologram controlled by Wily and so on and so forth. Um but I really, really, really liked the game. Like it was um I was really surprised at how um what's the word? Tight smooth, tight, tight, tight definitely works. The game was like the platforming it's not like Mario where Mario at a certain point gets very precision based, uh, but most of the time there's a lot of leeway with Mario. Um, Sonic is really just essentially all about going fast, at least the original oh. ones. And then um, this one is very like, you need to do this and do it right or you're going to be punished for it. But <laughs> you can take advantage of that punishment and use it towards your advantage because of your invincibility frames or the enemies of the layout. And and then, you, you know, you start using the Robot Master weapons against each other and in the environments and stuff. So, like, it really builds, and you have to think about what you want to do, like the order you fight the bosses. It gives you this kind of freedom uh, that I didn't really expect in the game. So I, it was that was nice that I got to choose those things. And, like, if I was playing a level that was too tough or I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a weapon I needed for it, I easily could just uh, close out of that level and try a new one. Like, there... It gave me options, and I think at a time before real options were given to gamers as far as like narrative goes. Even though Mega Man's not too narrative heavy, it's uh, uh-huh. it was nice. It was refreshing. I played it with a, a sideways Wiimote, uh, which I felt was as close to an NES controller as I could get. But I really the music, fantastic. By the way, fantastic music. Yeah, what, yeah that, mu- uh, that music's great. What do you think of Mega Man? Um, kind of like I interjected there such tight gameplay it's so precise it's so just it's just pinpoint accuracy with your jumps from platform to platform with how you shoot your i don't know power pellet things at the Mm -hmm. enemies um it's just very very spot on um and i love that and it is unforgiving but at the same time it is forgiving in certain ways and Kind of like you were saying with the whole invincibility thing, like you learn how to use that kind of, you 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 learn how to use that to your advantage, and yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm kind of just piggybacking off of everything you're saying, but yeah, I really did love how you could tackle the machine bosses in any order that you wanted to, and I loved how depending on which one you beat, you got a certain um, ability, yeah, mm-hmm. a certain power up or ability after beating them so i mean if you really really want to go fight heat man first and i do not recommend fighting heat man first that that was the worst level on the entire game i thought if you want to fight heat man first you're welcome to but just beware that the trek to get to even fighting heat man is a rough one so those those invisible platforms I I just I just skated over all of them with item two, luckily. But oh, yep, that's what you got to do. That's the easy way out. Did you Did you actually jump on all of them? I I tried. I, I tried. I tried. As I well. got above. I got to the point where I could consistently start navigating the lava, like get to the lava and start being above it. But 
It's so nerve-wracking. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it it put me on the edge of my seat. Whenever I was doing any sort of platforming like that where the uh, the tiles or the bricks or whatever you're jumping on disappear after a certain amount of time, I mean, it was just intense. I, I hated that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, kind of going back to just everything I was saying, the music's fantastic. I think the title theme is, like, one of the best songs in all of gaming. It's so catchy. and um, There are so many good songs in that game. Wily's like, castle at the end is just a great, great. It was like, how is the song going? It was like Wily's castle, something like that. It was um, which one? The title theme? No, the the Wily's castle. Something like that. I'll look it up. It was. No, I'm thinking of the title theme. I've got, um, I've actually got the song pulled up, but I can't play it because I've got my headphones plugged into the computer. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, I'll listen to it after the show. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Wiley's Castle at the end. It's such a great just boss level, and there's so many good bosses. I love how you have to re- revisit all the machine bosses at the end. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was fantastic. As soon as it, I got to the ending, I was like, oh, I get to fight them all again. I was so excited. It's, and it, it clearly is the inspiration for uh, in Shovel Knight. At the end of the game, you do fight all the knights you fought previously yeah. from the Order of I, No Quarter. Yeah. Like you know, and that Mega Man is one of the games that inspired my game of the year last year, and I can't wait to buy on PlayStation here at the beginning of April. Like one of my favorite games of all time was inspired by this classic, and it's cool to see that influence in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I th- I think that's kind of where we're doing this whole segment in the first place is to go back and see where games like Shovel Knight are coming from. I mean, Shovel Knight came out last year, and I mean, we both enjoyed it, but we had no idea where that sort of influence had come from. So going back to playing uh, a game like Mega Man 2, I mean, I really think we got an idea of just where some of today's games are coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, now I sympathize with... Mm, to some degree, because obviously I'm not a lifelong fan, but sympathize to a degree with some Mega Man fans because that that is a Mega Man game, and the Mega Man game I grew up playing was Mega Man Battle Network uh, two, no three, three. It was the one I played, and that is a very, very, very different type of game. Um, oh yeah, it's a game. It's a game that I love. Mega Man Battle Network Three White is one of my favorite games of all time especially in the portable aspect. And, like, I've, I have this guilty... I have this soft spot for uh, Mega Man Star Force, which was, like, this DS franchise. Um, I think it even made the bridge to 3DS. I'm not sure. But, like, I have this soft spot for them. Um, but clearly, those are not the Mega Man games of... Of, uh, of yesteryear. Y- yeah, of your... Or, dude, a while ago. Um, Wily ago. Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. That was really good. Um, so I, I, I sympathize with Mega Man fans now, and I'm really even more excited to see uh, Mighty Number no. 9 yep, from the creator exactly. of Mega Man. Um, basically, it's just Mega Man and his roots again. So I see how Mighty Number no. 9 is answering the call uh, that Capcom has left the industry blank of Mega Man games, real Mega Man games. So it's, it's all kind of coming together, and like I said, it's very cool to see this game that really had a grip in the past and how it's shaping the industry today even still so like Mega Man 2 still has an impact today because it was just that good and that's really cool to go back and play 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think the first thing I thought of after I beat it and the credits were rolling was I was like, wow, Mighty Number no. 9 is going to be cool. Like, oh, yeah. it, 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 got, it got me excited for that game. And, um, yeah, I, th- I, I think I think overall just Mega Man in this series, what it's done, uh, its influence is still seen in tons of games today and probably games you wouldn't even expect as well. Um so yeah, I, I I love that we went back and did this, um, and I'm I think in the future we might go and play a couple other Mega Man games. Yeah, uh, I, I would love to. I know we've kind of kicked around the idea of playing three already. Yeah. So we might we might we might do that in the future. Um, before we move on from this though, I did mention how I kind of cheated on Wily's Castle. I am very that. curious about that. Yeah, so you know filthy, how filthy, filthy cheater. I know. I I, I didn't want to do it, but I just wanted to beat the game and say that I had seen everything it had to offer, so I could talk about it to the extent that we have here today. Mm. But um, we both played on the Wii U. We both downloaded it on Virtual Console, and you know how it has the cre- uh, create a restore point or whatever. Um, yeah, and you can just like create a restore point at the game and then load that point back at any at any point. Um, yeah, so just essentially like a what I state. Yeah, I essentially just kept saving the further I got and anytime I lost a life or something instead of well, not not every time, but if I ever like lost too many lives or uh, ran you out of go it, back ran to out of a energy, restore point, I would just restore the restore point at the point where I was. Like you mentioned the part where you got stuck with the orbs and having to use the crash bombs. I just I just created a restore point right before I got to that door. And so every time I screwed up, I just kind of went back to that door and made sure I did it right the next time, which is... No way. Yeah, I know. I'm not proud of myself, and I would love to... I honestly do want to play the game again and see if I can beat it fair and square, because it's a... I mean, the ending of that game is rough. And I'm sitting here, every time I beat a level, I go to the password screen, and I'm taking a picture of it on my phone. Hey, I I did that, too. I legitimately did do that, too. I guess isn't as old school as grabbing pen and paper, like I'm sure many kids did, and having the grid drawn (laughs) out and, like, bubbling it in. Yeah, I thought that. I'm sitting here writing down passwords, and you're going, I'm creating save states, son. I've got I can see I can see the pictures in my phone. I was taking pictures of, the, of those passwords as well, and I was oh, using I the passwords. You, I up to, those passwords up, are crucial. Up to Wiley's Castle was the only point where I started using the uh, restore point thing. So you defeated the eight robot masters. I did defeat the eight robot masters. All right, I'll give you some credit for that then. So I did I did that fair and square. Um, Flashman was a chump. Just a side note. Oh yeah, he was pretty easy. The first, the first like the first like two or three levels I played, I was like, Mega Man's an easy video game. And then oh, I got no. into like I got into Air Man's and Heat Man stages. I was like, okay, this is kind of pissing me off at this point. They're... Heat Man is uh Heat Man is easy to defeat. Like he's e- he's an easy robot master to fight. His level though is super hard. His I hate that level. I what did you think was the hardest robot master? Just as far as like pure boss fight goes. Um. Oh goodness, what was his name? Crashman was kind of difficult for me. Cra- Crashman was tough because he just kept staying on top of you, shooting yep. bombs. But um, not Crashman, but the other one. Airman. Qu- no. oh, what was there? Was there quick? No, quick, quick, no, quick, quick man. That's quick that's man. one quick man. I think he was tough. Um. Gosh darn! I'd have to look at the map. Quick, I'll, I'll... Quick Man was the one with the boomerangs. I had yeah. I had a tough time with him. 
Let me. I'm gonna look up the robot masters, but um, I'll let you know in a second. Gosh darn it! Now I gotta find out. Anything else you wanted to say about? Um. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I did kind of want to say about it was that I liked how everybody had a weakness to another person. Like, and after you did get got that ability, you could easily beat another person. Uh, but at the same time, I liked and respected how you could beat the entire game up front with just your basic power weapon. I thought that mm-hmm. was cool. I suppose it was Crash Man. Now that I see the grid of eight people, like okay. Crash Man is the uh, the one I was thinking of that was so tough. Yeah, I had a tough time with him too. But he was a, he was no fun. I, but yeah, Mega Man Two, highly highly recommend it if you have not played it. But um. What, what let's tell the people what our next game is here Logan I'm, yes. I'm rather excited for this one I, I am too I really hope I have some time this week to play it but Max and myself were talking beforehand and we decided that um, we've, ki- we've kicked this around in the past and said that this will be a game that we play at some point but we're going to over the next week play Super Metroid which is probably the most highly acclaimed game in the metroid series uh, mm-hmm. i would say it's, it's it's the one most people talk about when they talk about metroid so uh, that and metroid prime those two are the the high points of the metroid franchise yeah and i don't think i'm excited for this because i don't think i've ever actually played a real metroid game like in the style um i've played a few like clones such as you've never Shadow... played a real 2d metroid game I do not think so. No. <gasps> gasp. Insert insert gasp noise here. I and, and um, see, I've wanted to forever and just Mega Man not... Mega Man is my favorite and I'm sorry, not Mega Man. Metroid is my favorite Nintendo franchise. Yep. You've you've mentioned that before and yep. I I don't understand. I don't understand how it is when oh, Zelda because... exists, but No, no, no. You just you just have to play it. You'll see. Uh, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, this has been a game that's been in my backlog for a while, and I'm surprised I haven't gotten to it yet, honestly. But same, same here. Uh, you know, as a guy who says Metroid is his favorite, Super Metroid is the one I haven't played. Um, and I, I've played all the Prime games. I've played Zero Mission, uh, and I've played Other M, which Other M is an underrated game. But you know, Super <laughs> Metroid is the one that I haven't played, and. I'm very, very excited to dig into kind of the holy grail of the Metroid franchise. Well, then, Max, we're going to defer to you next week to lead the Super Metroid discussion because you know much more about this series than I do. And oh, I'm all about that Samus Aran, that that bounty hunter, that shooting aliens in the face. Oh, that game is so good. I'm looking forward to it. I th- yeah. I... I I hear nothing but people talk about how much this game influenced games that they had made. And so I think Super, Super Metroid, Metroid is the core of a lot of video games. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see kind of where that all where that all came from. So so next week, tune into mm-hmm. our podcast. We'll be talking about Super Metroid and then we'll decide on another game from there because we've only got piles of them that we need to catch up yeah, catch piles up and on. Piles and piles. Catch up on from the eighties and early 90s but uh all so right. yeah we've just Mega- got one more section to go yep so our topic for this week it's kind of kind of different this week me and max were talking 
and we decided to kind of have one mega topic for the week because this past week, Max and myself each rented and played through The Order 1886, mm. and I mm. I beat it in a night. I rented it from a local store here, and Max got it from you. Got it from Redbox, didn't you? Yeah, I uh, I realized that where I live, there are five red boxes all within. I'd say a few couple thousand feet from each other. So it was like, well, one of them is bound to have it. It it was very, very, very impromptu. I wasn't planning on playing it this week, Uh, but I rented it and uh, I didn't beat it in one sitting in the night, uh, but I did play a bulk of it. And then I woke up the next day and uh, finished it in the morning. So, you know, less than 12 hour period is when I beat it, but we both played it. And uh, we both have very different opinions about it. So, oh yeah, that game is a stinker. I think no, it is a fantastic game. Fantastic? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's taking it a little bit too far. I you don't could, think so. If, if you said it was just a good game, I might give you some leeway. But the fact that you think it's fantastic makes me question your if your brain is functioning properly. It, it functions properly. Um, I do – I want to give a little heads up before we go into the section, though. Um, we will do yeah. our very, very best, uh, especially I uh, – I can't – speak 100% for Logan here, but uh, I'll do my best to not spoil anything endgame because um, there's some things I might accidentally spill, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best not to spoil anything major for you. But Logan, I will, really, I will I, do my best as well, but perfect. I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak. I want to, I want to speak about it as much as I can, but I won't, I won't give anything away. So perfect. Uh, so I want to hear why you think this game is a stinker. In your uh, words. Wow, where do I start? Well, first let me say right off the bat, I don't think it's horrible. Um, I would say if I was to rate this game on a 1 to 10 scale, I'd give it somewhere around a 5.5 or 6. I definitely do not think it's bad. I definitely love that I got a platinum trophy from it. And it oh only yeah, took, that was a good, took, easy plat, easy plat. It, it took me about five and a half to six hours to get a platinum so that's always a good thing so you're earning points with me the order 1886 but no um just it all came down to well the biggest thing in my mind was the pacing the pacing of that game was awful it was terrible especially the first i'd say the first half of the game was uh about there's about a halfway point i'd say where you have to get into a zeppelin uh, chapter that, five, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not giving too much away because there's like gameplay demos and stuff of that out. But I'd say that's near the halfway point, and just leading up to that, it is so so slow. And not only that, but the game limits what you can do so much. It only there's one of the things I loved about the game was the weapons. I thought the weapons were really cool, but it puts you in situations where. Well, we're only going to allow you to use this one and this one at the time, and none of the other cool weapons in the game are available at this moment. Which, I mean, I guess is kind of... Other games do that. Like, I get that. But I felt like everything that happened in this game was so handholdy. Like, it slowly brought you through. It showed you everything you needed to do. Um, The environments that you fought in were so tiny. There was no... There was nothing in the game that set it apart as far as, like, 
environments that you would fight enemies in. It was just all corridors for the most part. And when you were outside, it was just very, very small areas to fight in. Um, like if, mm-hmm. I, if I was going to compare it to Gears of War, uh, with Gears of War, at least there is a ton of cover in a tough, ton of different locations. And you can, I mean, you can basically come at the fight from any angle. If I felt like the order at times, it was just like head on, like, the, the enemy's on the far side, you're on this side. Shoot straight and kill people. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, just like I said, it, the pacing was what really annoyed me, though. And Ugh. it would it would just – you'd be in a big gunfight for five minutes, and then you would walk for ten minutes. And I don't mean literally walk because it would set up an, an objective, and you couldn't run to it because the game, once again, would force you to not be able to run. It would make you slowly walk through just wherever you were at at the moment. And it would try to build up this story, but the story never clicked with me as well. And I thought that there was a couple plot things they did that were also stupid. And I, I, I don't know. Like, the story the story has its cliches, and I love yeah. them very, very much. And oh. another thing that I just couldn't stand was that you've got this universe and this is going to get a little spoilery just slightly you've got this universe and you've got werewolves in it hey holy crap there's werewolves in this universe this is awesome this steampunk victorian 1886 werewolf fighting simulator but you see like 10 to 12 werewolves throughout the entire game and then not only that but there's also vampires in the game and vampires end up being the main bad guys for the most part like well no because you only the main spoilers there's some spoilers here but the main the main antagonist is a is a werewolf sort of and no there's well there's another main antagonist that is a vampire no he's a werewolf the old dude well there's yeah yeah he's he he's a vampire the old dude that you find the old dude that you find I in the mansion. I thought he was a werewolf. The guy yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah, okay. I won't say that much anymore. But uh, that old dude's a vampire. And it's like, whoa, there's tons of vampires in this oh, game. Oh, that makes and... that makes a lot more sense because they – all right, well, you know, avoiding spoilers. But it makes sense. But, oh, that's totally fine. I'm cool with that. Oh, sweet. But you, nev- you, ne- you never fight one. I you don't never want to fight anything. one. I want to fight him in the sequel. I don't want a sequel. I'm playing oh, this game I, now. You got to sell need, me now. I need the Order 1887 as soon as possible. Oh my gosh! Oh, so oh my good. gosh! But uh, what? Uh, I guess the, anything else that you um, you found wrong with this gem, this gem in the rough, diamond in the rough? Again, just the pacing. You you can't have me fight people for ten minutes, and then or five minutes, then have me walk around for ten, and then force a stealth section on me where I have no option to even pull my gun out and shoot somebody what are you talking about that stealth section was great i shot people the whole time are you serious yes you can use the crossbow well i'm not talking about that i'm talking there's a couple stealth sections on the zeppelin as well i mean oh if you you make even though but if you make if you make any noise then you're you got your head blown off that's the same thing if you were to do in a stealth game and you were caught Nah, if if depending I was, on the if style, I, if, I, if, style. I, if I was if I was snake and I got caught, I would just CQC the crap out of somebody and throw them into the dirt. Yeah, but that's a different type 
of stealth. I get it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash. Yeah, I mean, it's this is, well, it's not that big of a deal. But all right. Yeah. So Let, I guess it, I guess oh. if I was to put it with two main things, well, a couple main things. The story didn't click with me, and they tried to sell the story as much as they could. The pacing was awful, like really, really awful, and the game forced you into too many situations where you had to do this and this and this instead of having the freedom to do what you wanted. Ooh. Okay. Allow me. Allow so me to explain. So now it's time for your rebuttal, Max. Go ahead. Yes. Um, the floor is yours. All right. If I – since you rated it on a scale, if I had to rate this game on a scale um, – I mean, if I had to, it, eight out of ten. This is this is a great game. PS4 owners definitely should play this game at the very least. Uh, I definitely want to pick it up when the price gets cheaper, and not because it's short or bad or whatever. It's simply because I just played it, and like, you know, I don't need to go out and spend sixty dollars to have it sit on my shelf for a very very long time until I'm in the mood to play it again. Um, all right, but to address the pacing. The, you're you're absolutely right. Where there are sections where you shoot and then you walk and cutscene and so forth. But the way I played the game, and the way I decided to experience the game was as a was was as an experience. It's it was just one big story where I could it was seamlessly transitioning between cutscene and gameplay, where I was legitimately involved in this story there were moments where like if i was sitting there in a movie theater think like um like jason Bourne or james bond where they're they're up close and they're you know they're fighting a guy and the knife's there and all this stuff i was interacting with those intense tight moments uh so really the pacing to me was just a story and the story like i said before has its cliches very i mean it's it's pretty cliched but it's just so cliched in a great way like it's upbeat in a dark sense and the characters like the acting was phenomenal the acting was so good there was no line of dialogue where i was just like oh that was atrocious like oh they needed someone new acting it was really bad uh no everyone all the actors spoke with conviction there was just this there was emotion in what they were saying there was weight to it there was there was meaning behind every line of dialogue, and that really compelled and sold me on these characters. Uh, you know, there was that you, really dumb part though, where Galahad or whatever grabbed the girl and he pulled her back and he said, "Whoa, you almost became a Jill sandwich." You remember that part? A what sandwich? A Jill sandwich. I did not. What part was that in? <laughs> no, that's a that's a Resident Evil. That's a line from Resident Evil. Sorry, I'm just being stupid. Conti- oh, okay. Continue. Okay, okay, okay. I've never played Resident Evil, so. Um, Anyway, so like I said, acting was great. They really sold the story. I'm hooked. I'm hooked in this world. The werewolves, I wasn't. That's not what I like. I didn't care to fight them. Like I wasn't like, oh, where are the werewolves? I want to shoot them. Um, the encounters with the werewolves, um, the, at least the smaller ones, they were pretty basic. They weren't difficult. Um, but the the more intimate encounters with the werewolves, I enjoyed very, very, very much, and. You know, it was just, it's, like I said, it sold me. And I really enjoyed this world. The guns were creative and fun. I liked, 
the thermite gun. I love the idea of spraying an area with thermite and then catching it on fire. I thought that yeah, was yeah when you used it for like what five seconds or something. It was a section of the. It was I, I don't want to carry a thermite rifle around the whole time. The best gun in the, that game was the the falchion, where you could stun people with the air and then shoot them in the face. That gun was fantastic. I wanted to use that the whole time, and I did. Um, let's see what else did I love about this game? The acting, the story, the pacing. It's on a graphical fidelity level. It's the most gorgeous game I've ever played. Yeah, I will give you that. It's very, very, very I love, pretty. Oh yeah, I love the art style. The I the cinematography effect. I mean, that's the art style. Shooting the yeah. game through a lens. Which has happened in games before, but this this had these film lenses and a grain and motion blur and things like that. The art style sold me, and a lot of people had a problem with the black bars at the top. That's that's part just of the called art. yeah, that's just called widescreen. That was one thing I did appreciate about the game as well. It was, is that it, it was it kept that throughout, and I thought it, I I was expecting the widescreen format to go away of after I started playing for about a couple minutes, and it never did. And Mm-mm. I I, I, and I thought I thought that's that was part cool. of the art style. That's what people. I think aren't fully grasping or appreciating. Like if a game's eight bit, the whole game's going to be eight bit. Uh, they've adopted the style, so I think so. I appreciated the cinematography effect. Um, what else did I love about the game? Uh, I love the length. Uh, I didn't find it to be too short, too long. I thought it was perfect to sweet. It ended on all the right notes for me. It's totally setting up uh, a sequel. I believe even a trilogy. Um, but I love the tone of it. I love, I love the direction the story goes. It's, oh, I just, I just had so much fun with it. And I didn't, you know, I had read these reviews with the negatives and the okays. Uh, my friend Kevin, he, he liked it like I did. Uh, he gave it an eight as well. Um, and then you, you had the, the average, the, the same opinion kind of as online outlets had had where it was, uh, there were a lot of issues with this game and I really wish it didn't have. And so, you know, I had to play it for myself, and I turned out I loved it very, very much, and I highly recommend it to uh, everyone else. I just, it's kind of like everything you hated, I loved. Yeah, I, another thing I did forget to mention, uh, you talked about the more, like, uh, one-on-one encounters with the werewolves or something like that, and while they were cool, they were all in quick time events, and that was just... I think uh, like, I think the quick time uh, events such a buzzkill. Like God, I, I, God I, of I, War is a quick time event. I honestly don't God hate quick War? time events though. That's the thing. Oh really? I don't, I, you don't you don't like them in general? I don't hate them. Um, I just feel like there's a good time to use them and a bad time to use them. And I, I felt like the, the, this I thought game the quick was time on... events were a non-intrusive way for me to interact with the the medium, the art style, and the story. You know, there were. V- there were plenty of moments, and I'll, I'll tell you one specific moment after uh, the show here because it's super spoilery. But like, I was I was sitting there, I was like, "Give me the prompt, give me the prompt, let me, you know, let me do what's happening on screen." And it did, and I felt so satisfied. It's kind of it's like I said before, it's in, you know, you're in a movie and something. Uh, I already intimate. know what point you're talking about. And you know, okay, you yeah, and it's just like, let me do it, and it did. And you know, in a movie theater, it's, you know. Um, Episode one of Star Wars when Qui Gon Jinn dies and Obi Wan's there and he's gonna Whoa, slice spoilers, up spoilers, dude! I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> really? No, I've seen okay. All I first you 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 spoke with conviction there, so I <laughs> believed you. Um, but yeah, and you know, 
everyone wanted him to stab Darth Maul and slice him in half, and he did. But we were, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We were the audience. We were bystanders. We were viewing it. I was an active part in the Order's story and the active part in the acting and stuff, and I loved that feeling. So a lot of things that you said I did enjoy. I liked how it tried to give off that sense that it was a movie, in a sense. And um, I I like that. I really did. But in the end, a movie is only as good as its plot because that's all it comes down to. And like I said, the plot in this game was just dumb. (laughs) Oh no, I loved it. There was I didn't I didn't. There was this there was this mystery. The organization it went into. um, I mean, again, cliches. But, you know, I bought into it, and I was like, ooh, where does this go? How does this play out? Uh, kind of reminds me of a little bit of the Kingsman movie that just came out as far as that kind of those cliche plot twists go. But I, you know, I bought into it because the acting was so good and because I was so immersed in the environment and the world. Yes, it's very – it was tight corridors. It wasn't open. It's not an open-world game. It's a very linear game, 100% linear. Um, but I liked the looking it was it was stunning to look at. I believe these people, and um, it sold me. It it sunk its teeth into me. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just don't understand. Something's wrong with you. No, 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 no. no I totally, I totally understand. Um, everything you're mentioning though just didn't. It just didn't click with me. I just felt like it came across as. Um, I don't want to say rushed because I know they put the time into this game and it didn't it, it, it didn't at any point come off as sloppy. Um, it was a very well put together game. Uh, Ready at Dawn did a great job. I just think they have a lot of things to fine tune and they need to let they need to let the game breathe because while they do want to give it this movie experience, movies movies are different in, from games and obviously the fact that we're the active participant in it and there's certain things you want to do in the game and obviously like you kind of mentioned like you really wanted to press a button at one point of a quick time event and it was so satisfying when you got to do that well like my satisfaction doesn't come from like the single press of a button i guess my satisfaction comes from hey there's a balcony over there i think it'd be really awesome if i could climb up that and kill enemies from that angle over there and it's like well i can't right. it gives you bad. you having the choice of how that story plays out even if um even if the story is linear like uncharted um you have combat choices of how exactly. nathan yeah. drake survives this particular encounter i see and, that and, and i and i was going to bring up uncharted as a good example because i think uncharted does a good job with that with immersing you in that world and keeping it almost like a movie but it'll insert you at the last point uh and make you a participant in what's happening. Like, I still remember that, in my opinion, and this is the very, very end of the game, but I thought one of the coolest points in Uncharted 2 was when you're running out away from the city as it's collapsing, and you start sliding down the edge of the bridge, and you look like you're falling down, and you're like, whoa, Drake's going to die, and then it all of a sudden throws you into his shoes, and you're you're controlling Drake, and you got to shoot uh, one of the Aztec-looking people that have jumped on, I think it jumped on Elena, uh, at the time, and you're all of a sudden there, and you gotta you gotta shoot it, and it's like, whoa, I'm playing now, holy crud! Uh, mm-hmm. You just don't expect it. Um, the order didn't pull it off with that smoothness to me. I felt like it was constantly 
it was because it was a slow build up to the gunfights by the walking and the talking and the stuff like that. And it's like, hey, now we're fighting guys. And then there was more walking and more talking. And then there was a cut scene. And then it was just it wasn't seamless at all. It wasn't mm, seamless. It I wasn't didn't. seamless from gameplay to cut scenes. And if it was, it was just through quick time events, which I, I like I said, I don't have a problem with them, but I think they wore out their welcome in this game. All right. I think so, uh, I don't know if there's anything else we can say about this. Yeah, it's definitely okay. Like, just to restate, I don't think it's a horrible game. Like, no, no, I would, yeah, you I don't would, think it's horrible. I would, you just... I would not spend sixty dollars on it. I was very glad that I spent two dollars on it to rent, and I beat it in an afternoon and returned it. Like, mm. I, I, I thought that was great. And um, I if, do... there, if there's a sequel, then I will probably play it again because I mean, while I didn't hook me as much as this hooked you i am interested to see where they go from this point yeah the ending i love that the ending but um i think the the most important thing uh you you the listener should take away from it is definitely this is a game you should try you shouldn't write it off uh as a short game or a bad game like we did at least rent it and just try it because you will be pleasantly surprised i believe uh in, at least in the regards of price for what you're playing, if you're if you play like that, but I think the game is really good and you should give it a shot at the very least. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, this is a game I would suggest playing if you can borrow it from a friend or find it to rent somewhere, um, mm-hmm. and then make your own judgments on it from that point. Because I think even even though Max liked it a lot, I think we're both in agreement that. It's not worth sixty bucks. You can do you can do and see everything the game has to offer in six to seven hours, and I mean literally everything. Um, so I, I just I don't think it's worth your money unless you're very very wealthy. Um, but but yeah, so uh, it's 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 up to you though. Rent it, get your hands on it somehow, and make the make the judgment for yourself. Don't let us either make or break this game for you definitely so with that max i think that's about it for this week um i do i th- we we hit everything i liked i really like this episode i like the pace of it I like th- the order boom uh, done i'm out uh, i won't get back into that but yeah <laughs> i thought I, th- I thought i thought we had some good conversation points this week um i hope you the listener enjoyed this week and are looking forward to catching us again back here same time same place next week um if you want to go ahead and email us we have an email address uh send us your questions send us your concerns uh tell us what you think about how we're doing um if you think we have cool sounding voices that you're listening to go ahead and tell us that too i mean uh, shoot us shoot us any email you want to over at mgspodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and Max and myself have Twitters as does the majority of the world you can catch me at moreman12 that's M-O-O-R-E man 12 and you can catch Max at Max the White and we mentioned it last week but we're still going to work on getting an official Millennial Gaming Speak Twitter here in the next couple weeks so we'll keep you posted on that and if we get one you can Follow us there as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Max, you got anything else to say before we go ahead and get out of here this week? No, I don't think so. Uh, you can find our show currently on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, for Millennial Gaming Speak, uh, we're we're looking into Bandcamp and iTunes and things like that. But right now, uh, SoundCloud is where you can find 
the podcast. Uh, we do hear we've been getting some uh, constructive criticism back about certain things like um, editing and music and pace and things like that. And we do hear that. And we really, really do appreciate uh, all the constructive criticism we have been getting. Uh, and it only can mm-hmm. make the show better and it can only make us better at what we want to do. So we do really appreciate that. And if you do have any more, please, uh, you can comment on SoundCloud or shoot us an email or tweet at us or uh, anything like that. So I really... I'm really thankful for everything uh, that listeners have been giving us, and I hope that we uh-huh. do get more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good thing to mention. We got a couple. We got feedback from a couple of people this past week, and it really helped us. And uh, even if, if don't feel like if anything you have to say about us or about this podcast is going to be uh, hurtful to us, we want to hear from you. And if you've got a beef with what we're doing here, let us know because this is all for you guys, and we want to make this podcast the best as best it can be. So anything you have to tell mm-hmm. us is is great, and we look forward to hearing back. Uh, hopefully, whatever you guys want to say to us. Okay. But um, but on that note, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Next week's episode, I'm sure we'll have a bunch more news that'll break this week that we'll talk about, and we'll go ahead and discuss Super Metroid and talk about our feelings about that game. But uh, sounds until, great. Until then, uh, Max, thanks, and mm-hmm. thank everybody, you, everybody. Have a good night, evening, day, morning whatever you're doing and we'll see you next week see you next week